0: Alright, and welcome back everybody to Above the Pitch. Uh, Here we are to talk about two game weeks in one podcast. We're going to cover game weeks 27 27 and 28. Uh, We brought two guests with us today due to the big derby that just passed, which was Liverpool-Man United. Uh, We have brought Orestes, the Man United fan, and Philip, the Liverpool fan. Uh, They will be chiming in as we go. We're going to start with the whole game week, talk about some small games first, and then get right into the meat and potatoes. So... To start off, we had Cardiff Watford. Uh, What a big display by Watford, and what a big display by the ex-Barcelona striker. Yeah, Delafedio with another big game with the hat trick, uh, scoring from
1: inside the box a couple of times.
0: You know, uh, I want to mention first, uh, when the game first started, the ex-Everton player, Nice. You know, he's not pretty bad. He's nice. He's nice. (laughs) Uh, He had a really good shot on net. Uh, cleared by the goalie Uh, and that was the beginning it showed that Cardiff had some push Uh, then moving on Troy Deeney ball top of the box he's fumbling they try and clear it and Delefeu takes full um, advantage of that and puts it in the bottom left corner from outside the box and that starts his hat trick he showed a really good display on his second goal Uh, they had a set piece Cardiff and it was cleared from the top of the box of the header and who just had an amazing touch at the 50-yard line and took it all the way, rounded the keeper, put it in. What
1: for a team that are a bit inconsistent up top? Uh, Troy Deeney seems to be the talisman for their team to put everything together. But occasionally they have players like Delefeu who come out and have big games for them. Uh, and, you know, they beat the little teams. But other games that they just don't come up and show up and they lose points. They're a team that could fight for probably 7th or 8th place, you know, they can push for a Europa League place, but they're just too inconsistent.
0: Yeah. What do you feel made a difference this time that they've just turned to a scoring machine? I mean, I know they came off of a win uh, against Everton, uh, and then in the uh, midweek, they also beat QPR. So, you know, some morale boost, but that's a pretty big deal for Delafayette just to come out of nowhere. This is like the second time this year. I think uh, it's
1: just Cardiff and that they're just an easy team to beat out. Uh, their defense is probably one of the weakest in their leagues, and they're not good at covering the flank, so that let Delafeu come in from the right side and really be a burden for them.
0: You know, I thought something interesting as well, tactically, uh, Watford lined up differently than normal. They came out with a 4-2-2-2, and they played Delafeu actually as a striker this time instead of a winger, and maybe that was the big difference. Well,
1: he was roaming around the middle of the box and also going left to right with a 2-2-2, You have that wide play, and that striker in the middle can kind of roam out out and in and really force the other players on the side to push up and open up the area.
0: Yeah, and that's fair. I mean, Delafeo just, he played amazing and even showed that he's unselfish after his, so he had his third goal, and then on the fourth, uh, he had a chance to put it away again, but he took the safe option and put it to, uh, right in front of Troy Deeney to let him finish that off, Uh, and it puts Troy Deeney on the score sheet, so... I think that was another big deal. Uh, yeah, they were playing a small team, but you know, both Watford and Cardiff are very hot and cold at times. Um, but Watford really played unselfish and played as a team, and I think that really prevailed. Mm-hmm. Um, not to mention my man Sol Sol Baba. He got himself <laughs> on the score sheet.
1: He always seems to get himself on the score sheet, <laughs> but uh, it's not good enough when Watford put five past you.
0: Yeah, so I mean, great game for Watford. They stay mid table and. They're really showing that they could be one of the top teams outside of the top six.
1: Yeah, they're definitely in a safe spot. Uh, Cardiff obviously need the points because they are in the bottom three. So they need to really get it together and fix their defense. And they actually didn't show that in game week 28 against Everton. But, you know, still 10 games to play. And we'll see if they uh, end up in the bottom three. I said they would. I said they'd be all the way at the bottom with Huddersfield.
0: That's right. And then moving on to uh, Flaming Hot Cheetos Town. We have West Ham versus Fulham.
1: Yeah, Ryan Babble.
0: And Ryan Babble. That red hair score. of his. That's right. Uh, he scores in the third minute. Uh, very good goal. Um, you know, but it just wasn't enough. You know, West Ham opened up the floodgates. Javier Hernandez puts it in.
1: Controversial handball. Yep. It was. What did you think? It was definitely a handball. Yep. Uh, I guess VAR would definitely rule that out next year. That's something the refs and you know managers really want to get rid of handball goals. They had the occasion with Thierry Marie a couple of years ago, uh-huh. where he had a good handball goal and it was very controversial. Got Arsenal awesome big three points. Um, you know we have to just wait till next year, so handball goals don't happen.
0: And uh, Oresti, how do you feel about VAR?
2: Well, <clears throat> I think whatever can help the referees is probably the best thing. However, uh, recent weeks have shown that even some calls that are uh, going to be reviewed by VAR are still going to be up for debate and controversy, unfortunately, because they're judgment calls. So even if you go back and look at them, you still have the referee still has to make a judgment on whether
0: or not it was a clear and obvious mistake. Right, right. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, we've seen with the World Cup they do come in handy and they do change the game and something like this, where if you take away the first goal, who knows? I mean, Fulham could have still stayed in. Right. And that's one of the big parts about Fulham. You know, They don't have all the talent or all the money, um, so they really need certain things to go their way for them to get a result. Uh, and then that just led to they, the 22-year-old Frenchman, right. uh, Issa Diop. He got his header in um, scoring the next goal and then, and then finished it off with Mikel Antonio.
1: Now, Fulham don't actually have natural center backs, barely any natural right backs on their team. They're a team that needs to score goals in order to win, and you know, I said before in the podcast that they have to score three to four goals a game to secure a win. And even starting with a goal, you know, they're just very weak defensively. Um, don't talk about Tim Reem like that. That's right. He's an American.
2: You are you, are you well. saying that Americans can't defend? Is that what you're saying? Well,
1: you know, if they could defend... That's well, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> if they could defend, they would have been in the last World Cup, but they failed to qualify for that, just like Fulham looks like they're going so to fail to qualify for the Premier League. So, uh, West Ham taking another three points against Fulham. That's right, they'll give it back later. But they did say they are going to change the handball rule. They're, they're changing the wording. They said it's still going to be, you know... Uh, intentional, but they're also going to add unintentional handballs. Yeah, they don't want any goals
2: with hands. Right.
1: Uh, also, like, even if your hand is out of position, even if it's unintentional, if it's in the box and it hits your hand, and your hand's in a weird position, it and will count as a penalty. Okay. It will count as, it will as be penalty. a penalty because no. no, it's, it's not the way it used to be. Yeah. So they're going to fix the wording for everybody. So there, the there's no blurred lines. Direction
0: should be a penalty. Exactly. That's fair. Very good. So moving on to. One of my favorite games of the week, so I can stop hearing Spurs fans. It's just so obnoxious. Good old Burnley. Chris Wood. With the help of my man Chris Wood.
1: Nominated for player of the month. Oh, I like
0: it. Two man of the matches,
1: three goals. And they didn't think he could. Listen, Barnes and Nobles is coming near you.
0: (laughs) And then Barnes (laughs) with the icing on the cake. So let's get into this match a bit. So, you know, I'm watching this match. Uh, Spurs have been in really good form. Sun has really been, I would say, carrying the team attacking-wise. I mean, you have to with Laurente there, but you know we'll get into that again. Um, So they were saying, you know, you're, they're playing really well. They don't even have Harry Kane back. They don't even have Ali back. Wait till all these players come. And it's Kane's first game back, and here we go. You got I your said they loss. shouldn't have started him. Yeah, I said they shouldn't have soon. started him. The last podcast I
1: said they shouldn't start him, they're going to lose. Because Son was on such a hot streak, you can't touch him from there. Yeah, yeah.
2: You don't mess with a winning team. Yeah, once you right. mess with a winning team, it's done. You ruin the chemistry. They so, had four weeks without Harry Kane, and then you bring in <laughs> Harry Kane, and he's he looked he looked behind everybody else. He looked behind the pace. What
3: do you yeah, think? but they didn't lose the game because of the offense. They lost right. the game because of the defense. Well, true, but the they defense, didn't have the the defense. Unfortunately, did not play good. Even the third quarter, the second goal, you can see that. There were three players, three defenders, three offenders. And the one offender was... Strong enough to get it. Not only strong enough, he came behind, sneaked behind them, and he scored the goal. Yeah, and- they were not covering where they were supposed to cover. Nothing to do with Kane was good or not. If it wasn't for Kane, they wouldn't have scored the goal.
1: Yeah, Burnley came out saying after the game that they actually targeted Foyth because he's such a weak defender and such a weak spot for Tottenham that they kept bullying him. And Burnley, being one of the teams with big, strong uh, attackers, they just bodied him off the ball, and that's where they got the opportunities and scored.
0: And keep in mind, you know, Spurs came defensive into this game. They came with five backs. You know, all right, it says the score sheet says, I mean, the team sheet says three back with uh, four midfielders, but they're wing backs. So. You know, you have Danny Rosen or Oriere, and they haven't really played together on the pitch at the same time for a while. So I feel in my opinion, there was some calls. I mean, at the end of the day, you don't know what the right call is until the game's over. But, you know, some of it's a lot of new things to something that was already, you know, if it didn't broke, don't fix it type thing. So now they have five in the back. They put in Kane, you know, it takes away from son. So. I feel like that's where it kind of came from as well.
2: I think he's struggling with with uh, juggling uh, Champions League because you're playing two different styles now. I mean, going from the Champions League win that they had and now you're coming back into the league and you have a team like Burnley. He, I mean, he's trying a lot of stuff, which I guess is good, but he's not created any cohesiveness in the back. Yeah. To your point, as far as the defense goes, you know.
3: Players are getting tired. That's the problem. Players are getting tired. He doesn't have anybody to replace him with. And he has to play these games with him. It's different when you put a player on a spot that he likes. And then you have to change him because you can keep him there. Otherwise, he's going to get tired. So,
0: yeah, that's what he's doing. And that's always been my point about Spurs. I think they're a great team. I think they have a lot of talent. But they are missing depth no matter who you're going to talk about on the bench. Um, even if they had all their injuries taken care of, I mean, they just don't have that championship team, you know, like that talent across the board that can keep replacing each other. I think it's a lot of experimenting and you know what Spurs haven't really changed much in the last few years. So, I mean, how much more experimenting can you do with the same, like 15, 16, 17 players to try and figure it out? Uh, you know, not saying Pochettino hasn't figured things out. I mean, he's brilliant coach and, you know, so on and so forth, but it, it shows in games like this where they're pushing for the title, they're pushing, they get set back, and, you know, that's it. He's doing the best with what he has, but
2: it's
1: enough. He can't, he can't do anymore with this. He's doing better than what he has, I feel like. Bring Tottenham to third place, you oh, know, yeah, being up in the top four, consistently, closely winning. By the way, this
0: was the game where he went into the referee's face after the game. Yes, this was the Cheers. game where he went into the referee's Mike face. Dean.
1: Mike Dean.
3: Yeah, uh, but they
0: didn't, they never said
3: he even I don't know if you guys watched the interview later yeah I did they were trying to get him to say what yeah he didn't was, say well, we'll, he n- we'll never know no he said we well, said there? stay there right. that's it you guys don't need to know
1: right and he also so, apologized he said he went yes. overboard so of course you know. I
3: mean uh, from whatever I understood from the lip reading mm-hmm. he was saying to the ref that you cannot talk to me right that way. To the ref. So we don't know what was said.
2: And then right. Mike Dean was was actually taken out of the game. He was supposed to ref Chelsea Tottenham. And
3: yes. they took
0: him out of the yeah, game. Yeah, no, he was the fourth oh, really? referee yeah. and yeah. they yeah. took him out. They took him out. I didn't yes. know that. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, they took him out. Well, that's a good call then. Yeah. yeah. And yeah.
3: let's not forget too, about Tottenham is one of the teams that did not sign anybody on summertime. Yeah. Yep. So okay. we cannot complain about Pochettino and about Tottenham it's when not his fault. The owners do
0: not want to. Well, yeah, that's the point. Give the exactly. money for him to
3: sign pay, uh, people to uh, relieve the ones that they're getting tired.
0: And, you know, the thing is too, they're playing a lot of young players like Foyt and Winks, and you know, that's really great for a club. But you're playing them every single game. I mean, you know, <coughs> within experience, you have to have times so where you could step back. Watch somebody to do what you were trying to do, learn from it, and then get back in. You can't just force yourself, even after you're doing mistakes, to just keep going and keep going. I mean, yeah, that's no. what happens so, when your team doesn't cool. have.
1: I mean, that's your team cool. doesn't have the depth. Uh, I mean, Harry Winks has been playing really well for them. Foyth not so much. Uh, they have some of the best center backs in, in the league, and you know I question why maybe Davison Sanchez isn't
0: playing. Yeah.
3: What's wrong? I'm, I'm sorry, I don't agree with you guys. Uh, I think he should play the kids. He should play them all the time. My disagreement with Pochettino is that, and I guess he has to play them now, my disagreement with him is he should have done it earlier in the season uh-huh. to see what the problems they have so he can mentor them to become better. Now he puts them in because he has to put that's what him. I'm no saying yeah. so he has no choice so now no matter what they're going to do it's not easy for you to fix the mistake
0: exactly so they're just forced to keep making oh. the mistakes. well this that's is and this is the
2: problem with trying to develop young players in the middle of a title run because now he's five away from Manchester United are just five behind mm-hmm. right? Arsenal's four behind and they play they're playing Arsenal yep. this week and after losing to Chelsea I mean, you're putting yourself in a spot where you might be out of the top four.
0: Yeah, completely. Yeah. Instead of going just for the title. Um, And just to mention that, uh, since we're on the topic, you know, Spurs come to play Chelsea the next week, and here is a Chelsea that's crumbling before this game starts. So, for those that don't know, they had the final game, it was uh, Carabao, was it? Yeah, 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 Carabao. Carabao versus Man City.
1: And they played really well. And they played Really well. well. They could have won.
0: They're, they they're they're in extra time. They're going to bring it to penalties. So sorry makes a decision, as a manager should, that he knows that Caballero has proven before that he's very good in penalty shootouts. He
1: also was the previous keeper for Man City. Okay. So he also knows where the they players. kick. Correct.
0: Yeah. So he makes the decision, I'm going to put Caballero in, make the substitution. And here we are. It's probably like a five-minute ordeal. Keppa says no, he's shooing him away, he refuses to get on to the point where the refs didn't even understand the situation. Yeah. So now you have the refs coming to Keppa, asking what's going on, then going to the coach, and it leads to Sorry just telling him, Oh, forget it, forget it, but then Sorry walks over and starts punching his chair, and then he decides to the it w- off. Yeah, I'm gonna walk out of the stadium, but Mid's walking out of the stadium and walk back in. I mean it was just a mess.
2: Yeah, he he looked like he was walking out of Chelsea.
0: That's right. Yeah. That's right. Well,
3: this is the problem with, I think, with today's football. Unfortunately, the owners, because they pay a lot of money for the players, they have the players above the manager. I'm sorry, but that's not how it plays. That's why Alex Ferguson was so popular, was so good, because he was laying the rule down.
0: Yeah, he takes He
3: always had people that they were... Nobody wanted them. He was getting them. And they became the best players that you had. Yeah. Because he laid the rule. And the owners of Manchester United...
0: Would back him up.
3: Will back him up no matter what. Because he was the man. And that's how it's supposed to be now. Same thing happened with Mourinho in Chelsea. Same thing happened with Conte in Chelsea. Same thing happened with Sari. So it's not the coaches... It's the players
2: and yeah. the owners. Yeah. And, and, it, and it was just that... And like Ferguson, when the player would get too big, Beckham, you can go. Ronaldo, you can Where's go. That's it? That's it. But the problem seems to be you can get rid of one manager more easily than you can get of the 23 players that you have on your roster. And that's one of the reasons why the, the, the owners... Let the players do, but this is a Chelsea thing. I mean, you just said it. Yeah. You said there's, you know, Mourinho with Chelsea oh, twice, Conti and now Sari's also having this issue with the players. Maybe these players just, you know, they they're not being ruled by the manager, and if they see that they're kind of staggering, then they they kind of give up a little bit. But the problem is, they were in the title race. They
0: were where Tottenham was, and then yeah, well, to bring up two points. You know, one big thing about Sir Alex Ferguson, I think the most famous example is when Stom came. You know, Stom was like that big, dominant, defensive player. Everybody wanted him. Comes to Maine United, thinks he can do whatever he wants, and right away Sir Alex was like, you know what? That's it, you're gone. And that was like a big, shocking moment where it's like, wow, this guy's really, he's the real deal.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's one of Sir Alex Ferguson's biggest regrets, getting rid
0: of him, but it needed to be done. I yeah, mean, I had to do it. So, uh, And then going to your other point, I completely agree that it shouldn't be like that. But you know what? Uh, Yes, it happens with Chelsea. And yes, it has to do with those players on the field now. But it's also becoming more of a cultural thing in soccer. Like, it's almost across the board. Because think about it. uh, Mourinho and Man United. The same thing happened in the end. Players didn't want to play. And you were getting... Terrible results, and then all of a sudden, one manager comes. It's not like he fixed the. Yeah, game, seven but it's days. partially
1: Mourinho's fault. Uh, it, he was very but, negative. but
0: but and then another example if you want is Arsene Wenger at Arsenal. It's it's the same repetition. Once the manager loses the you know trust of the players, locker. loses the locker room, the whole team just decides not to play, and some will argue that, you know, they don't want to play under that because then it brings their value down. It doesn't let them perform well. But some will also argue that, you know what, uh, they're getting paid. This is their job. They have no right in doing that. They have to play the way the manager does. I lean more towards a the second. There's a manager there for a reason. If he's doing something wrong, that's the board's job to figure that out. Um, if he's playing you in the wrong position and you're not doing well, it's going to show. And, you know, I think part of the reason is that owners or, you know, the higher board doesn't step in to talk to managers. It's more of just stepping in to get rid of them.
1: Yeah, but the players, it affects them. When you don't have a good coach or when you have a good coach, but he's being negative or when you're playing at a position that affects you, it makes you not want to go into work that day. Say you have a horrible boss and you just hate going into work, you're going to perform worse. So if I was a Man United player under Mourinho during those last three months and going in and the coach telling you that you know you're not good enough. You know we need you to buy people. We can't play from the back. You you can't finish. You know you don't want to hear those things from your manager. It's gonna it's gonna affect you negatively. I mean, you had Mourinho saying Rashford can't play striker. He can't finish. Uh, he Rashford had missed a shot during a Champions League game, and Mourinho turns to the crowd and goes, "Look, guys, see this is why I can't play him as a striker." Only gonna show show comes in, and Rashford's a starting striker for Man United. Yeah. So you know it affects you as a player. Right, that's a fair point. Yeah, you know something, guys. Listen, you guys are a
3: little bit young. It has nothing to do with that. Uh, listen, even Bob Paisley, it was like that too. Kevin Keegan was one of the best players that England had in the world. He didn't want to play. It took him out. Go ahead, leave. Same thing. That's how Alex Ferguson took it from him and he put it in Man United. And that's why Man United was... So good because they were a team. And I remember Roy Keane came out and he was said when Mourinho was uh, the coach and they were not playing for him. And he came out and said, their job is to do what the coach says. Now, if he doesn't come out right, it's going to show. Your job is for you to go and play. If you don't want to play, then you can go to move to another team. And that's how it's supposed to be. Not because I don't like what I'm playing. I'm not going to play. You have to go and give it 100%. And it's up to the coach to see, okay, you're no good there. You're not going to play there. You're going to play here. You cannot say, no, I'm not going to play. And then you're going to rile everybody up because you don't want to play where he wants you to play. That's all.
1: That definitely happened at Chelsea this year. I mean, usually Chelsea play, you know, really good for their manager the first year. They usually win the title when a new manager comes in. But that's not the case for sorry. Um I think after Mourinho's, you know, big almost decade there at Chelsea where they were fighting with Arsenal, Man United and Liverpool for the title and they're winning and they they won the Champions League after that first Mourinho era, that team became a team that was just for the players, you know, they kept on getting managers sacked. Obviously they show that they sometimes want to play and sometimes don't. If it's a big game they'll play, they'll come, they'll show up. It's a little game they're not really going to yeah. be there, you know? That's something that the players' mentalities are affected by. You know, they've won trophies already, so like, if they're not going to fight for a trophy, you know, then why are we playing in this game, kind of thing. Yeah, like, you need to fight for Right, I know, but that's that's how they are.
3: Anyway. But it, it, and, I, and again, I'm sorry to cut you. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with the player and the... Right, manager. the manager. It has to do with it the player. It has to do, no, it has to do with Upper management has to do with the owners. Look at Sari right now. They went and signed. Um, Ivan. Uh, no. Pulisic. Um, Pulisic. Oh, well.
2: Yeah.
3: And Sari didn't even know that they signed him. Yeah. They didn't even. They just asked him if he was a good player. He said, "Yeah, I like him." Just because he said that, they went and signed the player. Right. And then he turned around and told them, "Okay, you signed the player now. Where do you want me to put him?"
1: Mm-hmm. That's something for him to figure out next and, year. You know. Uh, if he's going to be there. Right, if he's going to be there.
0: Because they already started I think he will.
1: I think they should I don't think so. let it ride and let him build he's not his gonna institution.
3: Do
0: it. Unfortunately, Abramovich is not like that. Well, the problem is that, and we've mentioned this before, it's a loss of identity in the club. They don't have an identity. And they need to decide that they need to settle down with something. Whether they're going to settle down with the players that they have or they're going to settle down with a coach, they need to make the choice. So, for instance, if they're going to decide... Listen, we need to play. We want to play the way Sorry actually wants to play. Then you let him bring in and bring out any all, any and all players that he wants. You let him stay there for three, four years and he figures it out. And then with all that change, then you'll get respect. But there's such a culture there where it's always a turnover that you're not going to respect the coach because in your mind, you're like, he's probably going to leave anyways next year. So what, what do I care? I don't need to play his style. He's going to be gone if I don't like him. So that's the thing. So. You know, all these guys like Arsene Wenger and Sir Alex and so on and so forth, they were for the longevity of the club. Like, they were the club. So if you didn't like them, you knew, okay, I can't play at Manchester United. It wasn't like, oh, I'll still play at Manchester United. Sir Alex is leaving next year anyways. It doesn't matter. It's whatever we, we want to do. So that's the thing. One of them's going to go. There's no way Sorry, and all these players are going to be compatible. It's already showing. I think, so,
1: I think if upper management... Uh, comes in and says, listen, Sarri's going to be here for the rest of his contract. You know, the players are just going to have to buckle up and get ready to play. I mean, they played Man City really well. They played really good against them, you know, after being beaten by them 6-0. And then they come out against Spurs the next week, and they play a fantastic game, and they win against Spurs. Maybe maybe now the tide has turned, and maybe after the Kepa incident, you know, they'll be able to be a team and fight for sorry
0: yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, it was good on the team's uh, part where they took out Keppa for the next game, which was against that had him. to be done. Yeah, but he's good. got to stay out now. But he's got to, yeah, he needs to learn. So it can't just be one game. And I, and I bet you it's going to be one game. Yeah, but I bet you he's going to be back next game. Listen, I understand
3: what you guys are saying, but you have to understand on the other side of the this is why I'm saying the owners are the ones that are the causing the problems. Because the owner is not there only for the club. He's there for his pocket. Yeah, he's making it's money. It's a off this. So the only way he's making money is not because of the shirt of of Mauricio Sarri, is of the shirt of Eden Hazard. Mm-hmm. So if Eden Hazard is not gonna be in Chelsea next year, he's gonna lose a lot of millions of dollars. Yeah, shirt sure sales. Yeah. But if Sarri's not there next year, he's not gonna lose mm-hmm. millions of dollars. He's gonna go and get another big name coach to come in, and he's gonna make money. So and this is why and Flores was right because upper management has to come in and say listen he's the boss you're gonna listen to him we back him up this is what's gonna happen but I don't think it's gonna happen because Abramovich has that history he wants to win a trophy yesterday yeah not tomorrow not today yesterday and he's not gonna be very happy plus there's another rumor that he wants to get rid of Chelsea yep so Yes. Well, because he's, he's, he's having money he, issues. Yes. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yes. He can't even be in the country right now. That's what I'm yeah. saying. So this, is, this is
3: what people have to
2: understand. And he's losing, Hazard. Hazard yes. Hazard's leaving. Yeah, he wants so to he, leave. Yeah, he's he's made this unless,
3: decision. Unless Zinedine Zidane comes to church. He's not going to come. This is one of the things that... Yeah, I know. Right, right. I rumor. mean, we don't know if it's true, but yeah. these are the rumors that there are. Yeah, doing. yeah. And sometimes wherever there's smoke, there's a fire.
2: Yep, that's for a man who knows so many also. languages, he doesn't speak English. Yeah, he doesn't. <laughs> I mean, that's one of the reasons why he didn't come to Manchester United. That's one of the Ooh, reasons so why the the, Zinata, done. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't it. want to. Yeah, <laughs> he can do it. It's very easy. Yeah. yeah, no, yeah. But Chelsea, uh, unfortunately, if they are out of Champions League spots this year, I think Sari's gone.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, Sarah's it's just sad. You know, we went but from you, talking about like, oh, you know, they're one of the top horses in the league, and they're going to go for the title, and uh, which one of these three teams is going to be stay undefeated? And now, look at them. They just look like... You
3: know. Why? Because the rumor of Hazard going to Real Madrid start getting bigger and bigger. Yep. That's what it happened.
0: Yeah. yeah, so, you know, that's good coverage on Chelsea. Next game up we had was Bournemouth Wolves. Now, small game. Uh, you know, very bland. It was boring. You yeah, know. usually
1: two attacking teams. Um,
0: I don't know what's going on with Wolves
1: lately. What's they were really hardmouth. They don't. They don't. <laughs> they're, is just... they're one of the teams that play attacking football, and they don't try to defend. They always try to attack, no matter what team they're playing. Which is, you know, that's good for them. But you know, they always lose against the top six because of this. Um, it was a game of penalties. Uh, first penalty went to Joshua King. They scored it. Next yeah. penalty went to Jimenez. Scored, he scored it. it. Joshua King in the last ten minutes has another penalty, and he misses it. Yeah, so. that's the
0: big that's the big that's the big issue, you know, you have to put away your penalties to get the three points. And, you know, moving on to the next week, they both take losses again. And we always talk highly of Wolves. We always talk about how Bournemouth are like Watford and they'll come in one week and play well and the next week you're like who is this team? and but Wolves were pretty consistent for a yeah. while and we were pretty happy about it, but now they're crumbling again. You know, they lose to... Well, they don't lose to Bournemouth. They tie. But for them, it should feel like a loss. Yeah, that should feel like a loss. But they're two similar teams. And then they lose to Huddersfield.
1: Yeah, that's a big win for Huddersfield. I mean, sorry, not
0: Huddersfield. Arsenal. You know, they lose to Arsenal really badly. Oh, Bournemouth? Yeah, Yeah. Bournemouth. Sorry. So they lose 5-1. Oh, yeah, I was right. Wolves lost to Huddersfield 1-0. Yes. And Bournemouth lost to Arsenal Mm 5-1. So, yeah, and then Wolves lose to Huddersfield. And that's not a team... Like, you would think that Wolves are... Competing against the top six at this point. Like, they're playing so well.
2: At that point, Huddersfield had 11 points. Yeah. yeah. So, that was a big three points for them. Uh, this is
0: the
3: interesting, and this is why people watch the best league in the world, the Premiership. Because you do not know what's going to happen week by week by week. Yeah. Because of that reason. Yeah, you can go and win the biggest team, and then you can lose from the worst team. And it's always been like this. That's why you see the diversity. That's why it's not like years ago you had Man United winning all those titles in a row because it was different back then. Now, a lot more people want to play and they're always going to play better in a big with a bigger team, against a bigger team. That's why you see the diversity. Is it good? To me, it's good. As long as Liverpool doesn't lose, I'm sorry. Yeah, right. You know, but... You know, but that's. You, I, you can see a better game with a, 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 with a losing team against a, a winning team because those players want to show that they want to get a better contract. And that's how it's going to be always.
0: Now, I have to mention, since we talked about Huddersfield, uh, their, their game during Game League 27 was against Newcastle. Uh, Rafa Benitez has to be really excited. He won 2 nothing. You know, the pace was started with uh, the red card. Yep. So, early red card. Uh, Tom Smith, he went in, you know, spikes up, uh, trying to get a, They were trying to get a counters to, you know, get a breakaway, and he just went spikes up right in the middle of the pitch. I mean, that's a red card every time. And that really folded Huddersfield in that game. Uh, and then we had Rondon, who had a FIFA kind of moment where. He gave the ball. I think it was to Perez. Perez takes a shot, hits off the post, comes back to Rondon. He shoots it, hits off the post, and goes out of bounds. Uh, but then he comes back with a really strong header, like he usually does. Uh, oh wait, no, actually it wasn't a header. It was um, he kind of did like a turnaround shot.
1: Yeah, it was half volley, right? Yeah.
0: So uh, he had a good goal there, and then we had Aozy Perez add on to that. Not even ten minutes later, for Newcastle to seal the. Three points.
1: Yeah, assisted by Solomon Rondon. He's been really good this month. He's yeah. been picking up big points for us, uh, for Newcastle. Yeah, and
0: at- Newcastle will come back the next week and win 2 nothing again uh, against Burnley, who were just victorious against Spurs, and another example of just, you never know. Um, and we had this guy, Fabian Schar, the most random guy. I didn't even know who this guy was. Uh, he was from La Liga. He played for Deportivo La Coruna.
1: A team that loses six-year to Barcelona every year.
0: Okay, <laughs> Yeah, and, you know, we had no idea who he was. A few weeks ago, he has this amazing goal, and he's a he's a defender. And again, he's just like phenomenal strikes. Like, I don't understand.
2: Yeah. Well, can't forget with MLS starting this week, Almiron, best player on the pitch this, this week played for Newcastle. Well. Yeah. Even Wayne Rooney came out and said, you know, this might be something for people to kind of keep an eye on because I'll he got it. these guys over from the MLS. I mean, this guy is fast. He was the fastest player on the field at that point. Uh-huh. And he looked great. He looked great. And I think Benitez, with an off season and some money, he might be able to keep him in the top half of the league. I mean, he's a good coach. When they came in to keep him afloat, he's doing what he needs to do. But with some money and
3: some backing...
2: He's going to be able to do a lot better.
3: The good thing is, too, with him is that, um, because, I mean, we're going to talk probably later for Leicester. Yeah. That they fired their coach. Mm
0: -hmm.
3: Benitez was one of the candidates to become Leicester's coach. And he didn't leave Newcastle because he said he had a plan Mm -hmm. for Newcastle. So this is loyalty to a club. And hopefully the club is going to show loyalty to him, too. I yeah. think they will. Yeah, yeah they I know Newcastle... He's a, he's a
2: great main manager, too. Yeah, yeah. of a, course. Yeah.
1: yeah, I know Newcastle want to get back to the top six. Um, they're really trying to push for that, and I think if they hold to hold on to Rafa for as long as they can, they'll have that ability. I saw one MLS game last year, and it was the Cup Final, which uh, Almiron played in, and he was by far the best player on the pitch, running up and down, hustling for the ball, being wanting the ball, passing it. I think uh, Martinez, if he does stay with... Uh, Atlanta. He'll be getting less goals because, honestly, Amaran was the biggest part of that team. Um, they have started. Newcastle fans started calling amarron one of their own. I forgot the word that they used. They used. I think it's Gus or something like that. And uh, the last time they used that was for Alan Shearer, so it's big. I
0: think that's too early, though.
1: Listen, Newcastle fans yeah, yeah. are uh, they're excited. Oh, no, that's good.
2: They're a great group. They're a great group, and if they if they really foster that team. And give it the, the you know the money and, and the resources that it needs, it could be up there, it could be up there.
0: Here's a question uh, for you, Ernesty, because you brought up MLS and how they may have some talents coming over. Uh, is there any names that come to mind that you think may be able to do the same thing as Almirón or may have an effect?
2: N- no, not right now.
0: And I, I and I and I
2: think that the way Rooney was talking about it was that it'll be not a, not a a league that's going to take players away from the European leagues, but it's going to be a league that's going to give people a second thought. Like, that's what he was trying to say, is that, you know, over here, now he's been playing in MLS, and this will be his second year, and he'll be a full year. He'll, he he understands what it takes to play in the MLS, and it's, unfortunately the MLS is less finesse, and it's more kind of the hard work kind of running and up and down, and you know, you watch some of the games and they're really chaotic, but there's some skill there too. Right. It might not be a, a burial ground for some veteran players. It might be something where you can go and play, it. you know, in, you know, just under your prime and, right. and get, some, get some games in. That's fair. On, be a that farming note, lead.
3: on that note with the MLS, I think the MLS to become better, you need to have uh, the players need to have a better work ethic. They have to put their their job in, the work in for them to learn the system the coach wants. And by saying that is because now I, a lot of clubs here in MLS, they spend money in getting uh, burnt players, let's say, from
0: yeah, the other Super Leagues. At the ends of mm-hmm.
3: their- yes, burnt plays, That's what yeah, they yeah. call them. Uh, but instead of them getting the burnt players, the better off getting burnt managers yeah, to bring them here because if the thought changes the players are going to change mm-hmm. by you bringing a burnt player he's just here for the money he's not here to work hard he's not here to yeah, do anything sure it
0: sells, he's bad.
3: just here to make the money as much as he can before he's going to retire completely that's a very good point so with them doing that yeah and again it's the same thing like we said with Abramovich the owners are thinking about the money because they're going to sell more shirts. They're going to make more money. With them bringing a good manager in, they're not going to sell anything. So that's I think that's why MLS is not moving from wherever it is.
0: Well, I have another point to piggyback on that. So I agree with that. I think that's a good way to go about it. But I think going any of those routes is very slow and it's going to be a long process, and it's not going to be right away. I think the big part about the MLS not flourishing is the backing of fans. It's not the same. You don't have the whole country talking about MLS. You don't even have the majority of the people you talk to just in your neighborhood or your county talking about the MLS, and that's how you build up these big leagues. You you have money put in by the fans. You have shirt sales. You have people watching the games. Majority of people that are very in tune with football and, you know, um, European football and things like that, they don't invest their time in the MLS. Uh, and you only have scattered fan bases here and there that watch. Like, you're not going to go down a street and you're going to see people wearing NYCFC shirts everywhere. You know, maybe if there's a game going on you go to a bar and it was on purpose, then yeah. And I think that's one of the things, too you know in order to make a great league you need a lot of money to attract real managers to attract real players so that's going to be that's the only way to make it go fast i mean your way will make it happen but it's going to take a long time 10 15 20 years of picking up all these managers that will teach all these different clubs and then eventually attract more players so on and so forth if, but, you're, if you're waiting for that to happen, though, it's not going to happen.
2: It's, I know it's not, yeah. There's too too much going on. There's too many distractions in America as far as sports go. And soccer is too late to the party.
3: I agree. I actually, no, guys. I think you guys... I disagree with you. Right?
1: Yeah, I have to disagree with you guys, I, too.
2: I,
3: right? I disagree because, don't forget, listen, you have to look... When did MLS start? 94. Okay. So, how many years is it? 24 years. 24 years. And he became from... Because soccer here in the United States was very big. And it was very big. Why? Because you had names like Pelé. You had names like Cruyff. You had names like Miller. You had big names. So people back then, they knew them. They were going to see them.
2: Well, right. But that's before the MLS. Yes.
3: Right. all right. And then it went dead. And they started again from zero. In 24 years, you go to stadiums and they're at least three-quarters full. So that's a big thing. They, they, and we're talking about at least 25,000 people. You're talking
2: 24 years. You're also talking 24 years since the last World Cup was here. So Yeah,
3: uh, that's another thing. Yeah,
2: so now that we got, you know, I, I, we're partner bid with Mexico and Canada and we got it, hopefully that's something that sparks it too.
0: You know, and keep in mind, yes... Uh, MLS deserves a lot of credit for their progression and how fast they've done it because twenty four years is not much for a league. Yes, I agree. Uh, but we're still content with filling up three quarters of a stadium with fans that don't all know everybody on the team and so on and so forth. To get to the points of bigger leagues, uh, you know, obviously we can't use like On and City. of you know, uh, let's say like Eredivisie, for instance. You yeah, it's a pretty very big league, I'd say it's big, definitely bigger than the MLS. They have a lot more talent to give out, and IAC, so on and so forth. To get to that point, I think it's a big jump. I, I don't think it's just a replication of twenty four more years, and then boom, you got there. You know, it's going to take a while. You know, we're just attracting the burnt players now, so it's going to take a lot of progression.
1: Well, I think they're doing a good job on the progression part. They're adding each. They're adding another team. They're going to be adding Miami. They added Atlanta. They're doing the the heads of the table are doing a good job managing the money, and they did have a uh, bigger attendance than the Super Bowl this year in uh, the final in their MLS final, That's which good. is really good. Yes, the prices are different, but still, you filled up the stadium and you had you know a bigger, a uh, bigger fan base. Uh, Atlanta is actually the biggest fan base in the MLS, and they're the newest team.
0: Yeah. Because um, they won on their first year.
1: Uh, there's a lot of big teams. No, not, not just because they won, because wow, the actual China's city good. is... That's actually Atlanta's biggest sports team is the uh, these, uh, Atlanta United. That's I'm their kidding. biggest. Yep. Bigger than
0: the Falcons. Huh? Yep. It's well, crazy.
1: And it's only their first year. Well, it's only because it's not
2: during baseball season. Well, you the, know... The Braves are, you know, one of the best teams of baseball right now, so... That's that, but that's. But what I'm that's saying. how
1: Americans are. They're always shifting sports. Well, They're this is the thing. The soccer sports. the
2: way it is. Football the way it is. It, it it it's not it's not built for America, not because of the way that the game is going on, but because of the investment outside of the actual right, game. How kids grow up, too. right? Because if you look at it right now, you go to when Beckham came over and he opened up the Galaxy's Academy. Now he's got the David Beckham Academy and kids can go in there and they can start. In, in Europe, all the big clubs have academies and you go in as a kid and you get your schooling and you get your teams and you're, you have foster parents basically that if you live for outside of the city, they, they basically subsidize your life for you. They, they, you live there and your parents are given money for you being. It's, it's, it's a whole thing there and you're developed from a child here it, we're not that we're not that connected yet. No. With the yeah, club. I'll tell you
0: what the problem. I
3: I mean we're getting off the subject from premiership. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll we're we apologize. Last, yeah. This is gonna be the last hopefully the last uh, comment I'm gonna make on this is this. That the way the kids are growing up here is different than the way the kids are growing up over there. We went in England in December. And I went and I watched my nephew's kids, how they play, how they practice. When the coach tells them something, they go and do it. The parents are not allowed in the field. They're outside. They're not allowed to say anything. The only time the parent is allowed to go in the field is if he's been called by the coach. That's the only time. Here they have it so open that parents always interfere with the kid. And the kid tend to run to the parent for something that goes wrong and shoot him. This is why Pulisic is such a good player. Because he was 12 years old when they picked him up from here and they took him to Germany. So he learned a completely different culture. Not like the way it is here. And that's why soccer is not going to get as big as they want it to be. unless, Unless they have so many good players... And the national team, that's so good that that's when they're going to start pushing kids to go and play soccer.
0: Thank you. Yep, that's a good point. Um, So let's just get us back on track so we can get to some other big points for the day. Um, Our next game to have covered was Leicester Crystal Palace. Uh, We saw Crystal Palace do a very good job. Uh, Michi Batshuayi, again, he's showing his worth. Uh, He had a really good, I guess you could say, deflected goal... It looked half on purpose, half not, uh, but again, it was a good goal, and Schmeichel was extremely pissed off. He uh, you know, he was just not having it, and then they even out Johnny Evans, uh, 1-1, and it was just the Wilfred Zaha show after that. Yeah, Leicester
1: was actually put on the pressure most of the game. Uh, they missed a couple of chances. They should have had the game, actually, but in the 70th minute, Wilfred Zaha scores
0: the second. And, uh... what a great ball by MacArthur. He really just found him in the back Yeah, he's a great
1: player. Uh, He's really good with the ball. So
0: random. I didn't really know MacArthur, honestly. I mean, I've heard of him a million times, but, you know.
1: Yeah, he kind of, like, drifts off to the right side quite often. He's usually playing in the middle. But he can just dribble the ball. He's good with his feet. Uh, He's a very technical player, actually. And he gives a good ball in the middle, and, you know...
0: And Zaha puts it away. He does what he does best. And, um, then we had Schlupp. He... Got the penalty call, and Milivojevich, the, the Iron Man, steps up to take it. He doesn't miss. The excellent Biagos player Milivojevic, This is his seventh penalty this year. Only, I feel like it's been. I know. 11. It's his seventh penalty and his seventh goal
2: from the penalties. And Benteke hasn't been in to to take it away from him, so that's good. Right. That's right. Exactly. That's probably. I why don't think Benteke's
0: gonna play. Yeah. I think he's done. That's it.
2: Well, he played against United.
1: This week,
0: yeah, because but, uh, which one? Yeah. Zaha was injured. Uh, they played. No, he, was, he
3: played. Zaha he
1: played. played. Yeah, yeah, Zaha played. Somebody
0: but was injured. That's why Benteky.
1: Benteke hasn't scored in almost a whole year.
2: It's oh no! Been 10 no months. It wasn't that someone yeah. was
0: injured. He just came in for eye later in the game. Yeah, yeah. Benteke came yeah. in. Yeah, he yeah. uh, scored not scored in ten months. Yeah, he First hit the post. He score.
3: <laughs> <laughs> he hit the post the other. The,
0: yeah, the, the, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah it was nice.
3: I know. I know. That was a good shot too. Well, that's I mean, why the
0: pickup of Bachwa is big. Yeah, we, yeah, we always said that that they needed the striker. I mean, Tekke is that target man. He needs a small team that just feeds the ball into the middle. That's what he does best. He's not a dribbler. He's not quick. You know, he's not pacey. So it's really just header game and strong shot power. That's
3: yeah. it. can play in the league anymore. He's he wants the ball to go to him.
0: Yeah, There's he no way.
3: Easy. There's no way in the Premier League they would let you. I mean, you haven't scored
1: in ten months. You're gonna be frustrated.
3: It yeah, will never happen.
1: There's no yeah. room for
2: that's why he didn't. Team, he didn't
3: make it in Liverpool. That's why he watched him quarter. Even when Brendan Rodgers in Liverpool, he didn't make it.
1: Yeah, uh, we're gonna move on to the the game that no one watched uh, in game week 27, which was Arsenal <laughs> Southampton because <laughs> it was the same time as United Liverpool. Uh, Henrik Mkhitaryan being put back into the team for a Premier League game, and he gives Umnai Emery a thank you by assisting and scoring for Arsenal, giving Southampton an easy 2-0 victory.
0: And let me mention that they come in the next week and win 5-1 with McIntyre scoring again and two assists. Now... Ozil also played that game. Ozil also played and scored and assisted.
1: And it was brilliant.
0: Is that what they've been missing, or has it just been an easy well, run of games? Well...
2: Emery came out and said, listen, it's up to Ozil now. He said he's got to train the way he needs to train every day. He can't call out because he's sick anymore. There can't be any of these little nicks and nacks injuries. He can't. This is what Ozil's been doing. He's been playing the prima donna, and when Emery came in, he's not He's not Arsene Wenger. He's not going to just ca- cajole these players anymore. Well, no.
3: You know something? This is what I thought, too, that it was Ars- Arsene Wenger, but I read the other day an article that was saying that when Arsene Wenger was there for some reason Ozil signed a contract that it had like some clauses that nobody could not pay him. So there was even Arsene Wenger, Arsene Wenger didn't want him to play some games and he was forced by the contract to play. Uh. So I think that's what it is. I think Because they were saying, I think Arsene Wenger came out and said that since the day Ozil signed the comfort, sorry, that's what it was, that's what he used, the comfort um, uh, contract didn't play. He picked and chose when, what game he's going to be playing good and what game he's not. And that's when Arsene Wenger started getting mad. Because we can say whatever we want about Arsene Wenger, but Arsene is the one that made Arsenal what Arsenal yeah, is. Uh, of course. Yeah, just because you he know, had a bad... You know, anger, uh, like, he, even again, with them too, he was the players. They didn't want to listen to it. The only thing with him, he holded it a little bit more on the tight side and they wouldn't come out and say it. Yeah, well, they he also... Was, he was... But he like not, Alex Ferguson. He loved the club. Yeah. Right. The club was
2: his so, life. Yeah, and once they started hiring yeah. football, you know managers underneath the you know the behind the scenes guys without you know him approving it I mean he was controlling the team now you have other guys coming because they were getting ready for him leaving and he felt like the club was being taken away from him so and it's true right but as far as Ozeal goes this is what Emery said Emery came out and said it's up to him and then the next game Ozeal goes off it's not a coincidence I think I think he's gonna, you know, he's gonna have to wake up. He's not gonna leave. He likes living in London. He he's not gonna allow himself to be traded anywhere. So yeah. the two of them are gonna have to figure it out.
3: Uh, I, you know something? I don't think anybody's gonna sign him. To be honest, with
2: you. no, not if,
3: yeah, if not anybody's gonna sign him, it's gonna be like a minor team. So I don't think that's Any why he, want he doesn't them want, them want to me. leave. I
2: don't, I don't even think a minor team will want him because MLS twenty twenty one. That's
3: right. <laughs> Possible but again. You see, we won the Washington players. Well, it's not
2: about wanting them. It's about that's that's what they're going to get. Yeah, that's what we're going to get. I think
1: Unai Emery wants him to run more, but
2: you have he's he's not. not.
1: So he needs they need to find a middle ground where he'll be able to run on the attacking side as hard as he can, and the defensive side, you know, let Gündüz and Torreira cover that area because Ozil's passing is one of a kind, and he's such a great player that you know. Yeah, but he doesn't trust
2: him in the big games. So we'll see when they when they play against Tottenham this week. Yeah, whether or gonna not he's going to play him. I be- say he's
0: not. I don't <sighs> think he's going to be chosen.
2: I don't know. It's going to be hard to leave him out after that performance. Yeah. Again, he might not even play Mkhitaryan.
0: But you know what? If he plays him and he does, he pulls out again and he doesn't play well, see you later. I think Ozil's gone. Uh, yeah. they,
2: they can't get rid of him. It's, that's what I'm saying. It's too much yeah. money. This is the thing. Nobody's going to eat that contract. They're
3: saying that's why he does what he does yeah. because he signed the, the contract. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's that's why he's the way he is. Unfortunately,
0: right. yeah. Um, and some notable managing changes that we have to talk about with this. Uh, so we see Claude Puel gone, sacked. Right.
2: Yep. Yeah. Uh, the team didn't unfortunate, want Unfortunate,
0: but I'm actually happy about it. I want to see Jamie Vardy back. He hasn't been back since Claude Puel has been on the in the club, and they haven't been getting along. So. Uh, and they make a really, really, really good decision and bring in Brendan Rodgers. Well, they have to at this point, yeah. yeah. He's a
1: man with something to prove.
0: Yeah, you know, he, he left was Celtic the one. pretty fast. Yeah, yeah, well, that's, <laughs> that, yeah and, that's and, thing and Celtic were on
1: line for the quadruple. They could have got well, all four titles this year. They're
0: saying that uh, the,
3: uh, Musa de, Dembele? Yeah, yeah Dembele, yeah? M- yeah. He was saying, he turned around, and he was saying to the owners of Celtics, I told you so. Because they were saying that he would never stay yet, so, mm-hmm. And I think that's that's true.
0: Well, I mean, a coach of that caliber, you're not going yeah, to Yeah, but not that easy. Out.
3: Not in the middle of the season.
0: Right. And he's on the line to win everything. Yes.
3: Unless, and everything. don't forget, don't forget, after that game, after he left, they had a game with Rangers. Oh, wow. That's now, really Rangers fun. and Celtic is like Liverpool against yeah. Man yeah. United. Right, yeah. It's huge. So, yeah. imagine now uh Solskjaer or Klopp leaving... The day before the game,
1: wow, that's actually crazy. with
3: Man United, and, uh, and I, they lost the game. Yeah, because Gerard won. He's the coach of the
0: Rangers, the Rangers
3: yeah. and he won. So that's that's why they do not like it. Yeah, they knew something like that was going to happen. They didn't think it was going to happen in that the middle roughly, of the season.
2: Yeah. man, what are you going to do now? Let the guy go?
3: I mean, well, we don't know how much money they got, right? So that's another right. thing.
1: But it was—it's uh—it's—it's it's strange because you know a couple of years ago, um, I forgot who it was. It might have been Martin O'Neill who went from a Premier League team to Celtic, and it was actually a an improvement in management. And now we're coming years later back, and Brendan Rodgers going back to the Premier League to Leicester is an improvement from Celtic. So you know times change. You know TV broadcast money. So it makes a big difference.
3: Yeah. Well. Like I said, I mean, is it a good move for for Leicester? I think so. I
1: think it
2: is. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah definitely. I think, it, but I think they still live in the dream. They still live in the they, dream that, that they're gonna be able to win the Premiership again. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, think they want to go for top four. Well, yeah, but it's not it, that, or easy. at least,
1: or at least Europa League, something like that. Well, listen you know to
0: what? me. I I think Brendan Rodgers using this as a stepping stone. Yeah, I agree. You know, he has a lot to prove because he was the one that brought liverpool the closest out of any manager for 29 years to win the title he got second place and they lost right at the end and you know celtic is such a jump down you know in their league obviously they're fantastic but you can't compare that to winning the premier league and now he's going to come to leicester you know they won their first game of him sitting in the stands i mean that's pretty impressive that's good uh i think he has a lot of Uh, potential, he has a lot of talent in what he does, and I think he's going to use this as a segue to kind of be like, here's my showcase, I still got it, this is what I've done with this team, and he's going to take over one of the top six, and... You know what his problem is?
1: He was never good at buying
3: players. No, I'm going to disagree with you on that. Yeah, no. Because when he was in Liverpool, they did not let him buy the players he wanted.
0: Yeah, he actually. Because don't forget, Salah. let's
3: not forget, he wanted Mohamed Salah, mm. and they said no. They said here's Benteke <laughs> for fifty five million. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. No, and then he said, "Okay, give me Benteke," and they went and they got Benteke. And I think the year after, that's when Chelsea went and got um, Salah. Salah. Yeah. So, I mean, to to me, he was a good. thing a good, he was coach. a great coach. The problem was that he didn't have the edge that Klopp has. Hmm. Klopp can make changes. I mean, he used to make yeah, changes. Yeah, but he also
0: didn't have the backing. I mean, Klopp has the backing. He well, that's why when
3: you get a when you get a coach like that, look at Solskjaer. You think Solskjaer is such a good coach because of himself? I don't think so. I, I think either. he's such a sorry. He's such a good coach because he has the backing of Ferguson. Because I'm telling you guys, you guys, Man United, maybe you don't want to think about it, but Ferguson's behind the scenes. Especially now that he's uh, got. A lot I don't know I don't, if he's behind I don't the, the scenes think
1: he's touching the tactics. I think that's all Michael Feelin, Michael Carrick. It doesn't matter guys. though. I think he's there.
3: He's yeah. there and they know if they need an advice. If they need anything, right. they go to him. Yeah, but I don't oh, think he's going so in I detail. No. no, not so in detail. It's different when you got to have somebody that has such a statue. Yeah, but David Moyes had that. No, he did not. Yes, yes, no. he did. No, he did on the, not. On
1: the Champions League games, uh Sir Alex Ferguson would come and help him
3: with those games. Yeah, but listen, championship games. So you gotta expect he could win the Premier League, yes. Games, but listen to you, I'm gonna tell you this with Moyers, I think men united didn't do the right thing towards him, they did not give him the money that they needed for them to become better because they closed him down and, and then they opened it up. With... No, they gave him money. I mean, they I signed they one did. Mata in
1: January. I think they didn't give him time.
3: They yeah. didn't give him
1: time. He needed yeah. time. He needed lots of yeah. time.
2: Yeah.
3: Let's not forget, you guys. I don't know if you guys remember, probably you guys don't, when Alex Ferguson came... He did not start off well. He, three years, he didn't do nothing. I think
1: maybe six years he didn't do no, nothing. No, no,
3: three years. The first three years, he was bad. We're talking about, they were talking about relegation. Mm-hmm, yeah. And then nice. and slow. Yeah, that's
1: different times, though. But
3: what I'm saying is that you cannot right judge him. Judge him year. with one. Yeah, he didn't even Here. get a
1: full one. Yeah. He
3: did not. because yeah. he was
1: a very good coach with Everton. Yes, he was. So you
3: cannot say that he was no good.
1: Yeah. No, oh,
3: I
2: know. No, he
1: had he had Sir Alpha,
2: Alex's backing. He's mm-hmm. the one he
1: he, mm-hmm.
2: he advocated for him. The problem was what they they did was they were not prepared for Alex Ferguson leaving. You have a guy there for twenty some odd years, and then all of a sudden he's not there anymore. You knew it was coming; they yeah. didn't prepare. Yeah, they didn't say we're going to be okay with re you know re I
1: don't working th- some I things. don't think they knew he was going to retire that year. I think it came as a surprise to the upper management, and plus the team that they had really wasn't that hot. We had Darren Gibson, Tom Cleverley, right. But I'm saying you they
2: know. they they knew at the beginning of the year. That this was gonna be his last. No, year. they didn't know what to be in the year. They knew. you. No, yeah, but you have to. We have three. to
0: start preparing at some point. You have to. You, you can't say that the guys... I, mean, I mean,
1: but if he tells you the year before, you know, I got two, three years left in me, and then he tells you at the end of this season, you know, I think I'm done after this one.
0: Yeah, but in my head, if a guy's turning like seventy years old, I'm gonna start thinking, okay, what's gonna happen after? I
1: don't know. When you're in, the, when he, you're, when you're in that I don't the, think tr- so. the winning I don't trophy think area, you
0: go year he, by year. He's
2: he wasn't he's not gonna he was the club. He's not gonna leave the club like that. He would have prepared them.
1: And what else what other what other part hurt is that he lost Sark's Ferguson and you lost David Gill, who was the coordinator. So you lost the two biggest people right. in the club. Right. And he had no one else to be like, Hey, what should I do with this? or you know, I can't you know, I I can't look for players and coaches team at the same exact time, you know, because David McGill was the one going out looking for players. Right, but they, so, this is, they, sh- right, they should be yeah, prepared for that. Right, But they, they didn't. They and, were still, not and still they're not ready. ready. Still we don't have a director for our football club, so that's something that we need to look for and get. I think uh, maybe Edwin Van Der Sar might be it, maybe Eric Cantona, who knows who's going to be the director of football, but those are just some names that have come out.
2: But, yeah, it, I mean, but going back to Brendan Rodgers and, and Puel leaving, I mean... There, there was a lot of nastiness too because you had, you know, Schmeichel's father, you know, go, come out in the media and badmouth Puel, and because his son wasn't happy with him, so he would come out and say, "Oh yeah, the locker rooms in disarray and the players don't want him," and that would that's not right, good that either. Be, that should be Again, You see, this is what I'm saying. Right, like the player before. power.
3: The player power.
2: And then when Mourinho did his interview with, uh, with BT. Um, after he was sacked by Manchester United, he talked about this. He talked about nowadays the players have the power. And you now as a manager going in, you just have to deal with it. You have to find a way around it. You know that they have the power, and unfortunately that's the way it is.
3: Yeah. So. I'm sorry, I cannot agree with that. Well, I don't agree but that it's, it's the right thing to do. It's, it's, it's wrong. But, yeah, cause but you cannot manage a team with... With 11 plays that everybody has their own mind and.
2: Of course. Well, that's why, that's why you have to find the middle round. You gotta be able to understand that there's 23 of them and it's easier to get rid of one of you. So if you want to stay here, you have to figure out how to connect those, those 23 players, keep them all happy, you know, and then, and then make what you can from the systems that you want.
3: You know, so I think you know, it's not all the leagues like that. Premiership is like that. Premiership definitely is like that. Um,
1: because of the money, because of wanting to win trophies
3: fast. Well, they you see in England, in England they don't. They would rather win any team. They would rather win the Premiership than the Champions League. Yeah, that's why English teams do not do good. In the Champions League, we have too many games. Well, that's another thing. Our that's schedule another is thing. They're gonna, yeah. they're gonna want, they wanna revamp it because they they can see it. Mm-hmm. I mean, when Liverpool won, and look, any other team from any other from any other country that won the Champions League, not only they won the Champions League, they won the Champions League, they won the, their own league, mm-hmm. they won their own cup. Yep, they have more. So breaks. they had. They won three three Cups, let's say, in one year. In England, no other team did it. Only, actually, in the modern Premiership, Man United did it only. That was it. Man United. The year that they won it, it was the year that they won the Premiership and they won the Cup. That was it. Only one team. That was it. When Liverpool won it, they didn't win. They just won the Champions League and the Cup. They didn't want the premiership. Yep. So yep. that's the difference.
0: And then we also see this week we get the sacking of another manager, our good old friend Ding, Dilly Dong. He's Dilly Ding Dilly Gong. <laughs> so Randy Aries sacked from Fulham, uh, right. being replaced by Scott Parker, uh, just for temporary. So um, we're gonna see how that pans out. Oh
1: well, they're probably going to the championship next season, so they might as well stick with him. Yeah,
3: yeah, but you cannot blame Ranieri in that one. No, like, no, no, no. He had no defense. You yeah, you can't. I mean, it's they wanted. Fault.
1: I think everybody knows it's not his fault.
3: Yeah, but you know something, a coach in that caliper—that's—that's that's when you know you because he he took that because it was a challenge for him. Then. Yeah, and to him, he failed because he couldn't do what he wanted to do. Right. All right. Well, uh, we should have got Big Sam. Yeah. He'll
1: come and save him. Yeah. I don't think you would have <laughs> No, they have no defense. Nothing. I don't think you he would, would have played defense speaking. Of
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> um let me just uh, go through a couple more matches so we can get to the final match because that's what we're really here for. Uh we had uh Everton beat Cardiff uh 3 nothing. Uh Gilfie Sigurdsson showing a great display. Uh and then some other games that had happened was uh, we had the Man United game, which we touched upon. Crystal Palace 3 uh, 1. Lukaku coming back in. Lukaku! Form. Lukaku. <laughs> and uh, I'll ask you guys some questions about Lukaku when we talk about uh, the uh, match of the podcast. Um, and we had Leicester come back after the Crystal Palace loss and win 2 1 against Brighton. So, on to the part we've been wanting to talk about this whole day. Um, we had the big derby. Liverpool, Man United. They meet for the second time. Uh, the last time they met, the good old man, Jordan Shakiri came in and saved the day uh, and gave us the three points. And here we are. Uh, that game didn't count. Mini
1: Zlatan. We weren't actually there. Yeah, we didn't have big Zlatan.
0: That's right. And, um, you know, go. the game is in Old Trafford, and it ends a uh, big old fat 0-0. Zero zero. Can't beat us there. I don't know if that's what happened.
3: To be honest with you, I'm sorry. I've been watching Liverpool-Man United games for a lot of years. That was the worst game I've watched. I mean, I
1: always thought we were going to score that game. <sighs> I Just, Man United looked like they were going to score more than.
3: Yeah, the yes, you guys score. had the better chances. The better chances, yeah. The better chances. Liverpool had better control. Yeah, we let you have the ball. Uh, yeah, we let no, you no, have no, football. no. I'm not saying about the ball. I'm talking about the control that. Yeah, you had the chances, but in a way, when you control a game most of the time is, yeah, I can let you come, but I know I'm gonna stop you. Yeah. I think the only, the only time you guys looked sorry twice, you guys looked very dangerous it was the scene with Lingard, mm-hmm. and then which the, unfortunately the kid got hurt. Yeah. And the last, the last, the cross.
0: Yeah, that they when what you had.
3: call it. Um, with the defender Smalling, Smalling. I mean, I don't Smalling. think, I don't think he would have done anything because he was too far away from the ball. Yeah, that was the only two chances. Is I know.
1: I think we had two, three chances in the first half with headers in the middle of the box by the by the penalty and yeah, Pumba hits and Allison made the saves. It's Listen, those are th- those are definitely threatening. You have a six foot two player in the box heading the ball uh, right up close to you. They just weren't powerful enough. But those that's were, what I'm saying.
3: Those were see. goals Pogba made last week. Yeah, but listen. And it's not that they were not powerful enough. You had a player right there to stop his momentum. That's why it wasn't powerful. Uh, no, I, this I don't, is think, why he, I don't think he hit him
1: right. And we, we, we played the same way we did against Chelsea and how we used the, the left backs and the right backs to pass it to the middle, pass it out to the wing. We'd run up the wing and give the ball in the middle. And that's the same way we beat Chelsea. We just didn't score. I think the plan worked out fine. I think containing you guys was perfect. Salah was useless. I don't think. Mane was useless.
3: Lisa, I'm telling you right now, that was the worst game I ever watched. Liverpool against. I mean,
1: uh, you also telling. you also look at the midfield three that Klopp put out. You know, I don't think it
3: was. They did not. At least I think they. Liverpool didn't come to old travel to win. Yeah, I don't think so either. I mean, they just either. wanted to come out with one point because they wanted to preserve. The players, right? Because you could see Robertson was not running. Trent Alexander Arnold was not running. He was. He didn't even play until the second half. I'm, yes, yeah.
0: but when he came back in, right? He was not. Trent Alexander. Well, no, coming. Trent didn't come and play this game. He was completely out. He was. Oh, it was no, James no. Milner that was playing.
3: Yeah, but he, you know Alexander
0: Al- Arnold came in the second half. He no, he did same. not. The only substitutions that were made were Daniel Sturge, Zergan Shakiri, and O'Rigi.
3: Oh. Wow. Oh yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah. Sorry. So you're thinking about the next game. Yeah. But,
3: Sorry. Uh, but even, even Milner. Milner was not doing what He wasn't the Milner that we usually yes. see. But everybody everybody on the Liverpool side, they were like a step down. For what reason we don't know. And, and you, you guys were a step up. Right, but well, I think some of you I guys. think
1: you have to go there and want to win. Especially after losing lose all the players in the first half.
3: Well, yeah. this is the thing. I don't think Klopp put a, a plan of coming in there. He is trying to preserve the players. Because like now you guys that you have so many players that are injured, you're going to see the same. The next game you guys going to play. You're going to see how many, how much you got when you're going to play a bigger team, a, a good team. You're not going to try and make these players run so much. Well, because I don't think so. have well,
2: Unfortunately, our next big game is against PSG.
3: Well,
0: you guys have good to play. Luck. But well, not luck. it's not easy Without, unfortunately. With I, I, well, the, the next game after uh, Man United played,
1: which was against... Uh, Crystal, Palace. Crystal Palace. Yeah, we said he
0: won three right?
1: one. We won three one, and yes. we played. We had three youngsters on the bench, younger than twenty. He played, yes. played Dallow as a he played as a right, wing. right mid, and we, you know, yeah. we have eleven injuries right now. Exactly, yeah. and we played That's, with them, but we still attacked full, yes, full even though because you had the young players in. You well, mean, no, no, they were on the bench. But we had on one of the young players. You know,
0: you McTominay, know, who's
1: been superb. You know,
0: I have to say uh, a couple thoughts from when I was watching uh, the Liverpool Man United game. Right, first half very boring. Uh, Liverpool had majority of the possession. Yes, did uh, Man United have some threatening chances? Sure, uh, but I've noticed this season if there's not a lot of them, I'm not worried. Um, uh, players were where they were supposed to be. Yes, bowls were put into good spots, but Van Dyke was there. You know, we had a lot of presence. Allison was in place, so you know, if one of them didn't get to the ball, the other one could get there. Um, yes, our top three didn't do a lot. Should they have done more? Yes. Should we have been more creative in midfield? Yes. We've seen before playing uh, Wijnaldum, Fabinho, Henderson, all these more defensive-minded. You know, argument being was more attacking than the others. We are normally stagnant when it comes to moving forward. I agree. Uh, we had sixty five percent possession when the game ended. But something also was I noticed that Man United played very deep. Okay, we didn't play deep. You keep thinking we played deep. You did play deep. No, we didn't play deep. Our player,
1: our wingbacks coming back, our wing coming back does not mean we play deep. You shut down. You you shut down your wings, which Salah which did nothing. Well, absolutely nothing, because we had all this possession. it yeah, but you, you can have the possession. Up. You can have it all. You yeah, didn't I score. Understand. You were useless. You had one shot on net. That's right. Go ahead. Take 90 possession. One shot on net. Which was Sturridge from 65 yards out shooting because he wants to shoot.
2: Sturridge shouldn't have been in that game. You should have had. That was the you, wrong substitution. Do you guys
3: think like, you, you sh- don't have anybody else.
2: But, no, I'm saying for, for, I for think, Sturridge. I think... What do you guys Kuberon think? They did, later I don't
3: think, you see, I, even Shaqiri, he's not 100%. That's why I don't... He's very careful who he's going to put we,
1: in. We played with the flat back for that game. Ole instructed the, the backs not to move up. Why? Because you have Salah and Mane. Yeah. Very fast. I don't think
0: it mattered who he subbed in. The way the game is, Liverpool need holes. They need to come from behind the, the defense. And it we shut them gonna down. It wasn't going to happen. It wasn't going to happen. No. They were... They kept their spots. The main defense kept their spots. The way I think of it is playing deep because you're not you're not giving that chance to have your wing backs go up and then we take control of that that side of the right. wing. Well, we didn't so, have
2: our we didn't have the wing backs that do that.
0: That's what I'm saying. But, they were but that's, injured, that's what I've what I mean? noticed was that you know that's what we look for. We look for the the defense to be a little bit more um, take more risk and then you push up and then boom we come from behind you and Salah and Mane go and that's what I meant by deep as in you played a little different than last time where you, you stayed in your line and you didn't give us enough space to give a through ball or a long ball. I think the injuries did that. I think they were, yeah. yeah
3: I that think may, three that injury, may well be. Three, three that, injuries in the first half. I think half. he was he was going to
2: play attacking. Manchester United were going to play attacking. By bringing Lingard on, they were going to play attacking. and then But after that, after he came off, whether it was the wrong choice or not, obviously afterwards you say it's the wrong choice. I don't think
3: him. so. You know something, I think he does not, I mean, that was a clear message to Sanchez.
1: Well, that, that I don't he trust does him. not
3: trust him. Yeah. I mean,
1: even when Sanchez went in, he was horrible. Yeah. And but against, that's why. Yeah. You see,
3: this is why he didn't put him in. Right. And that's why. But my problem is not, because right now, you're ruining uh, Lingard. Because Lingard right. now, he got hurt again. So right. that means he's going to be out another two, three weeks. Yeah. If he's going to come back. Right, he's out for two, three weeks okay, for sure. Okay, two, three weeks for sure. Mm-hmm. Right, if he's going to come back and he's going to be healthy. Because now the kid is going to come in. He's going to want to, okay, if I do this, i might get hurt again. Because mm-hmm. that's what's going to play into Till so he does it and he doesn't get hurt. Then he's going to be fine.
2: Yeah, but, that's, but it's not like a break.
3: Yeah, but it doesn't matter. You see, he's a young kid and he knows that he wants to go and play. But in the meantime, he says, shit. If I get hurt again, I'm going to be out for three weeks. Yeah, you have to so watch your he has you to come watch. Back. Well, I'm sure now they, the they're going to hold him back now. My problem is the medical team that released him, they shouldn't release him. That kid should not be on the bench.
1: I know they definitely learned from that mistake because they're not putting Martial in the starting lineup. He before. might be there for PSG. For, he might. But I, it looks unlikely. Yeah. So they're definitely definitely going to be cautious about that one. Uh, what we, well,
3: like I said again, it's another another person that you have in the locker room that the coach, even the old coach and the new coach, do not trust.
2: Yeah, they can't do anything with him. He's, he's, he looks like he's done. He looks like he's shot. He, he When he has the ball, he looks like he's going to lose it. When he goes forward, okay, we're just waiting for the chances to lose it. When he's in the defensive half of the field, He's going to get it taken off of him. It happened in the Crystal Palace game. How many times he lost the ball in the defensive half of the field. abysmal against Crystal Palace. You.
3: He's not as, as good of a player as yeah. he was.
1: So, what do you guys feel is your best midfield three? A midfield three that you guys would want to see. One that scores. Week in, week out. This is your consistent midfield three. Because he keeps changing it on well, you guys. Because, well, even with... Because, with, because with, of the injury. I know. I but, know. But, but even you this game... Know, now you have... You have pretty much all your midfielders back, essentially.
0: I think it depends on the scenario. It depends I think, on the team.
2: I think next week all your midfielders are going to score because the week before all your attackers scored. This week all your defensive players scored. So this week all your <laughs> midfielders. Right. And then are after that, goalies all well, <laughs>
1: not I it's, it's been a drought for your attackers. The
2: midfielders, the midfielders are not producing as much as well, they. Yes, because yeah. you
3: taking you took. Don't forget, with with Man United, you had, Fabinho paying way back
2: uh, well I think with United, like you said I think he went there
3: he just went there he didn't want to risk he it. didn't want to
2: lose yes yeah
3: and that's what I'm saying by controlling the game he was controlling the game yeah yeah he knew you guys were gonna be attacking he knew what Van Dyke was not completely healthy he just put him there because he's a good what you call a defender yeah and he's good against Lukaku Pogba, He's tall. He's very physical. Even though Mateb was a better player than him that game. And Matip is playing a lot better than Van Dijk because he's hurt. But hes you see now the defense start coming up nice and slow. Yeah. When the defense start coming up, then you're going to change your midfield. Because now you don't have Fabinho playing so far back. You don't have Henderson playing so far back. You can make them like with Henderson... He had Henderson for how many minutes he played. He had him on Pogba. Mm-hmm. He stay on Pogba, and he did that. That's why Pogba didn't flourish as much as he would have because he had him all the time on him.
0: So going back to your question about who would I would feel. Uh, I'm assuming you're asking for more of an attacking standpoint. I mean, no,
1: just just who's the best midfield three that would win you the game every week.
0: I would say Fabinho, Keita, Wijnaldum. That would be mine. Because I think having Fabinho and Henderson at the same time is too defensive. I think not having Wijnaldum is not enough creativity. But at the same time, he hustles a lot. And sometimes he gets caught up too high. And that's where Keita's, you know, engine like... Uh, characteristics come to play too Um, and when we go over our Champions League I thought Keita played one of his best games Mm -hmm. in our Champions League game against Bayern because he really really showed that he can you know put a lot of distress on a defense where he hasn't really showed that this year he's been very you know uh, composed and played like how Wijnaldum first started Um, so I would say, in the long run, after some more games in hand, that would be my three. Um, I would agree with you with Keita
3: on the Champions League. For the for Premiership, Keita is not... He didn't figure it out yet, the Premiership. Right. He needs one more year to figure it out. But when he does, that would be our best. That's different. when If he does, if he does. Mm. To me, for the Premiership, Henderson. Because Henderson is not only a holding midfielder, Henderson can play as an offensive midfielder. He's, he can play as a can. He was playing as a he can. He's he's very good with his passing. Yeah, and plus having Wijnaldum, the both of them are the same. Fabinho is a holding midfielder. He stays where he is. He's very good. Because you can even when Van Dijk or Matip go forward. You can see him, he stays back, and you can count on him that he's going to make a stop. Which, Henderson cannot do it. Henderson, yeah, he's going to stay back, but he cannot make the stop that Fabinho can make. Well, that's my opinion. Also, Matip has been very good
1: the last couple of games. Uh, yes. Would you consider him to be Van Dyke's best partner, even if Engel Gomez is... Uh... Gomez to me I mean, Joe Gomez out, is uh, Joe Gomez is out for now yeah. he's not
3: gonna be back even I if I mean he comes even back. if
1: he was fit would you rather have Matip there because he's been he's Gomez. been, no, he's been Gomez. phenomenal Gomez. Gomez. I think Matip I would is rather because
3: Gomez first of all number one is young he runs faster he's very reliable he's learning but he's very reliable Matip yeah he's very good right now but because of the agility and the speed of Gomez I would say Gomez
1: now you guys your front three have been kind of stagnant and now Firmino's injured which hurts you guys and you guys do have a tougher schedule than Man City in the last 10 games. Uh Salah has been kind of uh not in his best form and Mane has Mane played striker last game and he did fairly well. Do you think Mane is now going to go on his hot streak because he's kind of a hot and cold player? Uh, you know, do you think he's going to be the one to carry you guys? No. Through the last 10 games?
0: No, I think we're going to make this one change that I've been waiting for to make this change. I thought this would just be done through rotation. But I think now we're going to have to do it, and I'm excited. I think we need to put Salah back as striker and put Shakiri in a starting right wing. Uh, I think that's a big difference. The reason why Mane plays so good is when you take some players off of him. When he has any space, you're in trouble. Uh, and a lot of games when Salah plays right wing and he gets shut down, then it's easy picking because then you know, okay, Mane's our only option to, you know, make sure he doesn't score. So Salah, he just needs to be a striker from now on. I mean, I feel like everybody's figured him out. They all know he has to go back to his left foot, so he always has to cut in. And uh, the teams have studied him so much more this year that he's not able to do what he can. So as a striker, it's like relearning Salah again, and he seems to do a better job. Uh, and then having Shakiri on the right, Gives more of a confusion because they like to flip flop during like mid play. Like Salah will drift wide while Shakiri cuts in with the ball. So that's why we were such a good top three last year because you don't know who you're supposed to cover. And if you continue having that creativity, then we're just going to keep scoring goals. So I'm not worried about it. No, it's not. I don't think it makes a difference. I, I just, I'm
3: just saying, the game with. With Man U, I think Klopp just wanted to go and get a tie. That's it. Uh, that was my. After I saw the first five minutes, when they were pressuring so much Man United, and you guys could not make anything out of it, even even the hair, who doesn't make that many mistakes, made a critical mistake. That was a show of the pressure. And it was only the five minutes. And then after mm-hmm. that, he never showed it again. That's when I knew that, okay, he's not playing the games that he played before. So that means there's only one in his mind. He wants his players to relax. That's why I think they were not playing the game they were playing. It's like you guys showed up to play and we did not show up to play. Yeah. I think that's exactly how Man United Liverpool went.
0: Now, um, We showed a display of a lot of youngsters being forced to come in. You know, in one aspect, you could say being forced because of the injuries. Uh, You had people like Pereira, McTominay. um, I believe there was one or two more I may be missing. How do you feel about your youngsters? Do you feel there's some of them where you feel can flourish in the team that you have, or it's going to take a lot more time? What's your thoughts? Well,
2: McTominay's proven that he can. He can handle the, the Premier League um, and he's going to have to handle a little bit more, you know, with uh, with Herrera and Mata and the midfield kind of going down a little bit. So he's going to have to, ha- you know, and Matic too, you know, being as old as he is, it's going to be really important for him. Um, but as far as Pereira, he came in, he was great at just doing the defensive job that he needed to do. He didn't. He he's never really looked great to me in in other games, but he looked really good against uh, against Liverpool. But I think it's uh, it's uh, sometimes when you're forced to do the the make these changes, you you know it's out of your hands. So there's a little bit of a freeness, and you, you can't say you're making decisions. You're just letting things happen, and sometimes that's when you find the diamond in the rough. You know, and like McTominay, you know, it was kind of like, uh, I have to play him now, you know, with Mourinho. And you found out that he's a solid, you know, he's a solid center mid, you know. Whether he's defensive or he's in he's in the, the top half of the field, he's still solid,
0: you know. Uh, going to my last question for you, is a question I've asked Florida before. Uh, we've seen a lot happen with Maine United this year. Some players showing up, some not as much. Is there one or two players you would one hundred percent get rid of at the end of the season, or not? Well, it depends who comes in. Um, but let's say Lukaku, Sanchez. How about those guys? I would say
2: Sanchez. Sanchez, but you're not going to get rid of him. He's he, he's his his contract is it's the same know. thing as those. How fifty k a week?
0: Tactical question. Let's say you can get rid of him. Would you?
2: Sanchez, yeah. At this point, yeah, for sure. I wouldn't get rid of Lukaku because he's still he's still viable as far as that. Sometimes you need that type of a striker, you know. Uh, but listen, what? if Rashford if Rashford continues in the vein that he does, then he's solid. But you still need a bench. You need if you if we learn anything from Man City is that you need two great players at every position exactly. if you want to win the league. So to get rid of Lukaku is is going, you know. You, Just because he's had a slump, you know, it's a slump. You're going to go through a slump. Unfortunately, he's had a slump while Rashford has been doing great. So his playing time has has diminished.
3: Yeah, but wait. Rashford is doing great because of the people that Lukaku is pulling over.
2: Well, But even when Lukaku wasn't playing.
3: No, no. What I'm saying is that when Lukaku plays, Rashford plays better.
1: No, I disagree. I don't think I so. I think when Lukaku's in, the team's worse. Yeah, I think...
3: Uh, I'm, no, 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 no. I'm not saying about the team. I'm talking about Rashford. I'm talking about Rashford. No, I, Rashford, th- I think Rashford plays worse
1: when Lukaku's in the team. I, no,
3: uh, what I'm saying is that I think Rashford has more open open field on his side when Lukaku is playing because they have to... If they don't have a big defender like Van Dijk or Matip to cover Lukaku... You need two plays
2: to cover it. Well, it depends because if he's playing two up top, then that well, makes that's sense. where he plays
3: most of the time.
2: But the the the, mm-hmm. the last few times he's yeah. had to play, he's played Lukaku on the right as a as more of a winger or a right you know right forward, but and Rashford through the middle. The problem is because Rashford's young and he's doing well. The minute you take him out of that position to put Lukaku in to give him some favorable time in the middle. Now you're gonna stunt Rashford's growth, so they don't have they don't have that Liverpool top three where you can in and out and yeah. change and okay they you need you they need right now because Lukaku is he, he's headstrong, and he's a big guy, and he's going to play, he'll go after the ball, but he's not as fast as Rashford. So even though he likes, and, uh, uh, you know, the managers come out and said that he likes having the ball over the top and making the runs, he doesn't have the ability.
3: Yeah, he doesn't have the speed. Yeah,
2: he's still, according according to him, still shedding pounds off from the World Cup. Him
1: and Higuain. Yeah, (laughs) well, Higuain. (laughs) Rashford, Rashford is probably one of the... Best strikers I've seen in a while that runs into space and always looks to make those runs that dart in and breaks the defenders. I mean, he even made Van Dyke like lose his feet a couple of times, of course. So, because of, of just of his pace and yes. his ability to get and find the hole, and we just didn't give him the our, ball. Our best top three, yeah, is, is
2: definitely having Martial, Rashford, and Lingard, yeah, 100%. Right now. Yes, but yeah. yeah. uh,
3: again, you see, this is the thing all this if everybody's healthy. Right, right, of right, course, Every, yeah. Always, I, don't, always, I don't,
1: I don't. Always. Yeah, Lukaku, if he plays like he does for like uh, when he plays for us on the right side, he plays kind of how he was for Belgium on the right right hand side, where he pulls maybe a pull a defender or two. But sometimes you know he'll slow down the pace of it, and it'll affect Rashford. Where you know maybe that ball would have went to him, and he would have made something out of it. And it goes to Lukaku, and he always holds it up, and it's he slows the play down, so it affects the way we play. Yeah, that's he, that's he, the big thing. Yeah. So the way we played against Crystal Palace was he was a target man. We literally would give him the ball, and he would shoot or turn and or hold it up, and we'd be able to play with that system because we played a four three one two with them. So you know you'd have the 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 maestro in the middle, Lukaku would be up front, and they'd get the ball, and he'd be able to hold it up and he'd give it out, and you know you'd be able to work it like that,
2: but. So- Yeah, just to talk about that Crystal Palace game that you said, but bringing up uh, one of the players that I guess he's got, they they gave him the extra extension for the year, Ashley Young, you know, playing as the captain now. Valencia, if they don't trigger his contract... Which was today. today, yeah, Yeah, then, you know. So Ashley Young going up against Zaha was as a Man United fan was so great to watch because I watched Zaha try and do everything that Ashley Young invented when he was with Austin Villa, and it wasn't working. Ashley Not Young that. was still able to keep pace, except for the goal. The goal was the only time where Zaha had beat him. But every other time, Zaha would post up like he does. He would do his wall, you know, legs over, legs over, legs over, try and come in, and Ashley Young had an answer for him. And then getting the goal kind of he moved him up, uh, which was cool to have Ashley Young be on the wing for a little bit, his old kind of position when he was playing. It, it was, it was nice to see that, but I think that's one of the things that we're going to have to invest in because Ashley Young is getting older and I think he's going to become more of the kind of backup right midfielder, right defender, and we're going to need another right back. We're going to need, we're going to need some younger right back. I mean, we have Dalo, but he's still, you know, untested. He's, and he's, he's still he's, developing, he's too.
1: definitely going to be a good
2: prospect. How about
3: your center backs?
1: Well, that's... We need one sturdy, class center back. I mean, Smalling, I always like. A lot of people, a lot of Manchester United fans actually don't like Smalling. I like him. I think he does a good job. Lindelof has been superb for us. Jones is too erratic. He um, scores
2: too many goals on us. Ro-
1: Rojo has been injured for so long, I think he's going to be one of them that's going to go. Yeah, uh, I think, Val- Valencia, I yeah. honestly thinks going to go. De Gea still needs to sign his contract. Well, he's you still know, under contract. Uh, yeah, it's his last year, so he still needs to sign one. Um, I want to bring up something really quick about, you know, how Ole Gunnar Solskjaer can bring these young players in and not really have to worry about where where we're going to be placed, you know, that we have time for and everything like that. And you know, Pacchettino knows he's not going to win the league, and he said it. He said recently that you know they need five to ten years to win the Premier he's League. Stop saying things, which like is that. bad because you know you have this team of players that <laughs> really look are looking to win the Premier League. We're going to win it this year. Five more years. <laughs> right.
2: So I mean, we're we we're, we're in a race. Top three guys. Here we go. We're gonna get. Go, uh...
1: Yeah, I mean, going to say that and having a new stadium and everything and why, 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 then why do players want to play for you? You know, if you think they're not even going to win it, they're not going to be there in five, ten years. But going back to the point is that, you know watch you know can play fourth because he's going to be there for a long time. I mean, you know, he's okay. He's maybe already secured fourth. I know it's still going on, but you know, he's still in that area where he can play him. maybe you should play them more in the earlier time of the year and throw them in like with 30 minutes, 20 minutes to play when they're winning. I mean, they had a lot of 1-0 wins, but you know, throw them in there and get that experience, but Manchester United has been doing what they've been always been doing the past years is now throwing these young kids, you know, Pereira, McTominay, Dalot into the mix. And they've been getting a lot of good game time, and this is something good that you want to see from your club. You know, these younger guys getting game timing, not having to worry about, you know, obviously they want to win, but they don't have to worry about the trophies right now and, and the manager, which is just wanting them to play and be free and express themselves. So I definitely think that will help us for next year. You know, that, that'll that give us a lot of experience. And, you know, we, we've now seen almost all the players from our club play and they're all looking pretty good, besides for Sanchez. He's just been terrible.
0: Yeah, hard really you. But don't. you know, you're missing the most important person on that pitch, and 100%. that's my man Divock Origi.
1: He did, you know, he had okay game last game. Listen,
0: yeah. Next game, we play Watford. Wait, yeah, I thought you said
1: you want Salah up top with Shakiri on the right.
0: Divock Origi is our goat. He's our X factor. All right, he's just gonna sub in. And just score a goal real quick. We played Watford the next week. 5-0. Huge win. It breaks down a big goal differential between us and Man City. Because we also want to have advantage when we tie two. So we could really...
1: Yeah, how many goals are you apart now from them? Uh, five. five.
0: Five or I'll six. I'll tell you exactly right now. Uh, we are six. So,
1: before this... So do you guys think... You know, uh, Sir Alex Ferguson used to call this squeaky bum time. Last ten games of the season. You gotta win out... and. Guardiola has come out and said, my team, no excuses, forever, it doesn't matter what the pitch is like, doesn't matter who we have injured, every game, a win, Yes, nothing else. But listen to me,
3: he has the players. Oh, well, I know he has the
1: players. That's the difference between but Liverpool team, this and is Man City. What, this is what I'm saying though, Klopp should have went to Old Trafford and went for the win. That's a big three points.
3: I'm telling you, I think he didn't want to... I know, wanna, he didn't want to, but you have he didn't, to. No, 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 no. He didn't want to risk his players. Because don't forget, we have to play Bayern I know, Wednesday.
1: I know. And but what's bigger for you guys? The
3: league or the Champions League? Well, it all depends. You see, it's not what the fan is saying. It's what the owner is going to say to you.
1: You're going to tell me the owner wants the Champions League? I guess so, because he's getting more money. I mean, you already got so much money for being in the round of 16. It doesn't matter. I know. I know.
3: It doesn't matter.
1: But this is where it's I think... It's all
3: about the money.
1: I know. Don't just, forget,
3: the year that Liverpool won the Champions League made more money than Manchester United yep, yep. because they won the Premiership. Mm-hmm. just because we won the Champions League. So, the owners, like we said, football right now is... It's a business, 100%. It's a business. Yeah. It's not like years ago, you had the owners and they were with the team and they wanted to do whatever the team was better for the team it didn't matter yep right now it's all about business you're right they even made in 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 Europe they have a a whole new um, uh, like uh, uh, classes that you can go to to uh, college to learn football management football management Mm -hmm. not management To the owner right what the owner say
1: goes so do well, you guys think you'll take the league this year 10 games left well this I think w- so this week Man City has bull mouth it
0: doesn't matter and
2: you guys have ever t- yeah but I game. think we're
0: ready you know we showed again that the players that we need can come through right um, we add Van Dyke back in the mix okay he gets two big goals he shows that he's the big man right in the box you have Trent come back. His first game has two, three assists. Three, 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 assists. Three he's assists. the youngest assists. player,
3: youngest player in the Premiership history. To have three assists one, have game. Three mm-hmm. assist in one game.
0: And then, just like you were saying, you were worried about him, but Sadio Mane comes back with two big goals. You no, know? I meant it for that game. I understand because he's I'm very a very hot general, player.
1: Because he did have not a good game against Bayern in general.
3: Yeah. No, he actually, it's not that he he had a very good game. The problem is he that he was finish. not
1: exactly. There's was no, not there, accurate. Yeah, there's no reason for him to take that bicycle exactly. kick.
3: No, 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 no. I didn't mind taking the bicycle. But kick. he didn't need to. I'm. My, my problem was him when being he in front of went, the net when, when he was it, exactly. That was he, no, no. They did
1: and Acatá too. No reason for those bicycle exactly. kicks. You there finished the game, but we're going to talk about that on the next podcast.
0: Okay. But yeah, so uh, just to wrap it up, you know, very good performance by Liverpool. They showed that uh, multiple people can get their hands in. Like Oresti said, our defense showed that they could score this time. I think uh, having Van Dyke back in is going to be a big deal, a big difference. And uh, here we are at the last 10-game stretch. Uh, you know, Man City with their one penalty to get their three points. Just Controversial. Like, yeah, yeah, controversial, yeah. yeah. Just like Bernardo
1: uh, Silva ran into player. Yeah. Not only
3: that, the penalty was... Oh, the... yeah, it wasn't because he ran
1: into him. It wasn't...
3: Yeah, it wasn't well. A it, it's not. They they said it was a handball. Oh. well. But it wasn't right. Yeah. you know, any other time they would say, "Oh, yeah, it wasn't
1: it's unnatural." A, it's all right though, because Salah's gotten penalties that should have been penalties. Yeah, well, so.
3: what I'm what I'm but, saying yes, right. I mean, but w- what I'm saying with that with that one was clear that it wasn't. If you try and tackle somebody and you touch him a little bit, and he falls down. Your mistake. You shouldn't touch it. And they say that all it's the time. It's a contact sport. Though. Yes, but listen to me. Every player, especially when it's like that in the big square, I don't care who. I is. mean, this is when VAR comes in for next That's season, different. and
1: it's simulation, and it's a yellow card. It's Different. I think I. I don't want to start on the topic, but I think if you, if you're, if you're the last player and you're with the ball and you're and you're gonna go score and you, and someone some player comes in from behind and you know doesn't foul you but you fall and you get the foul and it's not a foul it should be a red card for that attacking player because it would have been a red card for that defender so i feel like if it's a last man tackle for a defender and he gets it clean and the ref and they go to dive i think it should be a red card for that player because if it wasn't if it was if it was on the defender and the defender made a bad foul it would have been a red card for him so i think that's something that you know Referees should do. Well, I
0: yeah. think it should be a yellow card. I no. I think it should be a red. No, because, because it would be
1: a red card for the defender if it happened. And it would be
0: a penalty but, kick. But the reason for the red card is that you're stopping in a, a goal that's going to right, happen. Right, but the goal will happen. No, no, you win don't, win don't know the, that because the goalkeeper
1: could still saying, save it's it.
0: it's a goal scoring opportunity. It's a goal right. scoring opportunity. You You, story will story most story. Likely 90
3: you can't give a guy a right red for that. Yeah. Why not? He's not going to
0: get a goal. Because he's,
3: listen, sometimes you play that. If somebody comes from behind you, you're in the big box. It's a very tight game. You want a penalty. I know. If somebody comes and touches you over here, he touched me, you're going down. I understand, but if they uh, get the ball and they, wait they dive. Minute. Wait a minute. He touched me, I'll go down. That doesn't mean that every referee is going to give it. Right. You understand me? Right, I understand. My thing is that if I fall down because you touched me, all right. And it's not a real penalty, then you should get the watch with yellow. Now, if, because we saw a few times there was players that they went like this, his foot was about a foot away from his, and he fell down, right, they fall over. and it was a penalty. Right. That player, the defender would have gotten the red, then I would understand mm-hmm. you get a yellow card. Right. Because, I mean, you can't give the attacker a red card because of what? Simulation? Or Simulation. What? Well, now yeah, that you're you trying to get a goal. A you can't give a, a red card on it. That's why there's a red card because you denying him the opportunity to score a goal. And they did that because they want more people to score goals. You cannot deny the guy. You can't say, oh, yeah, now you you... You faked it, you're going to get a red. You can't. Well, nowadays
2: they, they do have the retroactive where they'll go back and they'll look if something was
1: wrong and if you dived, you're going to get... You should be penalized. But at least be yeah, not, not yeah, for yellow, yeah, okay, So, that's yeah, yeah, yellow, so yes. you can get a yellow yes, yeah, and then they'll take you out yeah, of the next game. Yeah, you know, yeah. some sort of penalization. Yes, yeah, that I agree with. Mm-hmm. Well, then Neymar sure. would never play. <laughs>
0: he would miss that. every season. <laughs>
1: well, something they need to implement in the French yeah. League. But yeah, so...
0: I think we did a great job of recapping yeah. Week 27-28. Uh, thank you both for coming on. Thank you. Uh, Thanks think, for having us. I think we brought up some pretty good topics. Um, we're leading into the last 10 games. Uh, Liverpool, 69 points. Um, so, I mean, that's pretty promising. At 69, we're good to go. Um, and then Man City, 68 points. And, you know, Tottenham. I don't want to hear Tottenham anymore. They're So, so um, It's over for You them. know, it's going to be a big... Big uh, race to the finish, and we'll see who comes up on top. Uh, You know, thank you all for listening, and uh, dilly ding dilly dong.